is going to hold us back no sickness no disease no uh, lack of financial well big god we nothing's going to hold us back amen hallelujah come on do we have any chosen people in the house I am chosen, I am free, I am living for eternity, free now. 
forever You picked me up, turned me around You set my feet on solid ground Yours now forever Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Come on, everybody. My chains fell off. My chains fell off. My heart was free. Come on, I'm alive. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. Amazing love. Amazing love. How can it be? You give everything for me. You give everything for me. Everything. You wash my sin and shame away. The slate is clean. A brand new day. Free now forever. Now boldly I approach your throne to claim this crown through Christ my own. Yours now forever. Come on, and nothing's gonna hold me back. And nothing's gonna hold me back. Yeah. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Yeah. My chains fell off, yeah. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. You give everything for me. You give everything for me. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I'm alive. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. Amazing love. Amazing love. How can it be?
Aren't you glad he's given everything for you? Hallelujah. Father, today we just come to bless your name. Father, we thank you that you're an on-time God. You're a miracle-working God. And Father, we just bless you today. We thank you for your presence, your glory, your power today, God. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Well, help me sing. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in that desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Here we go. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be. Blessed be your name. When the sun shining down on me. When the world's all at it should be blessed be your name. We bless you, Lord. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. There's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to Closes in Lord. Still I will say, come on everybody. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We bless you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Oh, we bless you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Oh, we lift you up today. Name of the Lord. Yeah, blessed be your glorious name. You give and take. Give and take away. You give and take away. My heart. My heart will choose to say. Blessed be. Blessed be your name.
to lift your hands across the room. Father, we just bless you this morning. We bless you this morning. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Oh, we bless your name. Blessed be their name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And blessed be your name. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. You hold my every moment. You calm my raging sea. You walk with me through fire. Yes, you do. Heal all my disease. Yes, you do. I trust. I'll declare it this morning. I trust. Lord, I trust in you. I believe. I believe you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. You are. You are. I believe. Yes, you are. 
declare it today. Come on, nothing. Nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hand. Nothing, nothing is impossible for me. Nothing is impossible. We declare it today. Nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hand. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for nothing. Nothing is impossible. Hold my you. world, you hold my world in your hand. I believe, I believe you're my healer. I believe, I believe you are all I need. Yes, you are, yes, you are. I believe you're. concerning the coronavirus and this other mess that's going around and so father right now in the name of Jesus I come to you because I can because I have authority to do so and I bind the spirit of infirmity and sickness and disease right now in the name of Jesus I declare this coronavirus null and void in the name of Jesus and that it cannot, cannot, cannot no longer have an effect on the people of this world. Father, you've given us authority in this world. So, Father, we take authority by your precious blood and we declare this coronavirus is gone in Jesus' name. And we declare those that are sick in their body, God, that you begin to heal them right now, wherever they may be watching, whoever's here today, God, we thank you, Lord, that your healing power is working right now flowing through bodies today. In Jesus' name, Father, we release angels to those who cannot be here today. We release your healing, your miracle angels right now. We dispatch them 
to homes and hospitals and hotel rooms across this nation. Father, find those. Angels, we dispatch you. We say find those that are sick in their body. And God, we release healing. Come on. I need somebody to agree with me. We release healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We receive it today, God. By faith, for those who can't receive it today, that may not be here, we receive it by faith for them. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. You are our healer. We thank you. This is a healing house, Father. We thank you. It's a cancer-free zone. We thank you. It's a disease-free zone, Father. We thank you for miracles. We thank you for healing, God. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. Come on, your anointing breaks every yoke of bondage. That includes sickness. That includes poverty. Father, it breaks every yoke. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe in you. 
Blessed be his name. Blessed be your name, Father. Blessed be your name. <clears throat> glory, glory. Yeah. Amen. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, a few announcements. Pastor Peggy is going to come and do our offering segment today. And um, do we have announcements? What are our announcements? Um, put my, hallelujah, sir. Yeah, let me go to the website here. I for, forgive me, I forgot to have my piece of paper out here. I know the 23rd is Mission Sunday. And um, this year we're able to begin um, um, have an official missions department, hallelujah. And it's our, it's our, it's our, um, we love missions and our first uh, missionaries that you're going to be able to meet is going to be Deepak and Diana and um, they are missionaries to Perth, Australia and so they'll be here on the 23rd of Sunday of February here at 1030 and you'll hear about what God is doing through them and uh, it's just going to be awesome 
And then that evening in our Beaumont service, uh, Prophetess Susan Richardson will be back with us. And we haven't had her in probably about a year and a half or two years. And she'll be back with us. She's a powerful woman of God. If you've never met her before or seen her, we want to invite you out. If you know someone who lives in Beaumont, tell them to get to church on the 23rd that night. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And then um, through March, of course, we have our men's breakfast. It'll be on the 14th of March that that month because um, I think I'm either out of town or something's going on. That, oh, there's a wedding that I'm doing uh, that Saturday. And so we're going to move it to the 14th. And so I'd like to be with you guys on the 14th. That's our men's breakfast. And then um, in Mar March the 29th, I know it's a little bit out there. It will be our family Sunday. And that that Sunday will also have guest speakers that Sunday. Bill and Renee Morris will be here leading worship and ministering in the word. And so it will be a wonderful time in the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right. <clears throat> uh, also, yes, when is uh, Prophet Pringle? Daniel Pringle. How many of you guys have seen Daniel Pringle minister? Daniel will be, will be here. He's, he happens just to be in the area. Uh, doing another conference and he he's going to stop by here that sunday morning the 15th and be with us uh, for that morning service and so he's an amazing man of god he's the one that i've, sh I've shared about that god broke uh, a poverty uh, uh financial ceiling over us many years ago and so we're excited to have him with us amen <clears throat> now this wednesday we're kicking off our series of uh, wednesday night services now we've we've tried them at seven We've tried them at 630. Seven, huh? No. I mean, I guess I could. I don't know if anyone will join me, but um now we've seen we've seen more attendance at seven than we do at 630. And I want to ask you guys, um, and by the show of hands, how many of you guys prefer seven? Seven, 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 seven. Okay. How many of you guys prefer six thirty? Okay. Okay. Um, well, then, okay. If you guys... Now, here's the deal. If I'm going to move it to seven, you got to show up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yes. I'm not doing Thursday. Hallelujah. Friday, the devil is a liar. And so, we're, let's do Wednesday at seven. But here's the deal. We're, we're not... You know, Pastor Peggy and I, I'm not, I'm not griping, so please don't take it this way. Uh, we prepare hours of ministry. And so please come and be a part of that. Um, we're going to have worship. We're going to have a time of ministry. We're going to have, it's going to be just like a Sunday morning service. But the, the teaching is going to be uh, Bible teaching. And it's going to be, have a prophetic edge to it. And we're just going to flow in the Holy Ghost. But Wednesdays are more of a teaching. Sunday mornings, I'm... I tried to teach, but I get into a preachy little mode. But we're going to really focus on teaching the Word of God. Amen. Uh, scripture by Scripture and really going after that. Now, uh, the Lord will give us different things in our spirit. And so bear with us because uh, we're going to do exactly what the Holy Ghost tells us to do. Amen. And so the goal is to teach. Um, I, I, I would like to do a prophetic uh, teaching on what is the prophetic, how do you prophesy, things of that nature. I don't know if that's going to be on a Wednesday or it probably it might be another night when I do that. But um, uh, but I think the Lord is trying to amp up the prophetic in these last days. Amen. And so we need to understand that we can all prophesy. Amen. We can all lay hands on the sick. We can all cast out devils. 
And the other thing that we want to teach on is how to uh, uh, move in deliverance. Amen. And deliverance isn't scary. Deliverance is when you just walk in a room and you can feel devils. <laughs> just get nervous. <laughs> so, so when you walk into places, as a, as a spirit-filled person, you should feel the atmosphere. And you should be able to go in that atmosphere and deliver that atmosphere from whatever demonic spirit is operating. Come on, we're a spirit-filled church. We believe this. And, and so we, we have to begin to walk in the authority God has given us. And this coronavirus is straight from hell. And, and we have authority to uproot it. Whether a man, most know whether someone in the back room somewhere developed it and sent it over China, the devil is a liar. We have authority to uproot that and send it back to hell where it came from. And that's what we did this morning. And that's what kind of power that we have. And so we will continue to do that. But anyway, I'm on a rabbit trail. Um, and so we, we want to, we really want to teach people how to embrace their calling as a spirit filled believer. Amen. Amen. Let's welcome Pastor Peggy as she comes. I've got the, I can preach later. Amen. 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 And let's give our pastor a double dose of healing. Y'all stretch your hands towards pastor. You can see he's struggling. He's been sick this week. I think he Hallelujah. got a shot in some stuff and so, but he's here. Amen. And how awesome is that? He could have very easily stayed home. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just lift our pastors before your throne, dear God. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, with Pastor John, we take authority over this spirit of infirmity that's come upon him, whether it's viral, bacterial, flu, cold, whatever, sinus infection, we bind it. We break its power. We command it to loose him now in Jesus' name, dear God. And Lord, we just release your healing power into his body, dear God. We cover him in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, dear God. We break any and every demonic assignment against him in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Okay, and y'all, really about that Wednesday, let me let me come back into that. Um, I think that is so awesome about the prophetic because that is what we're coming into, whether you know it or not. Our prophetic... Um, the power of our prophetic words in this season that we're coming into is going to be stronger than it's ever been. I promise you, you'll see. You're going to be, when you speak stuff, you're going to see it come to pass. And so we need that teaching about what the prophetic is and how powerful it is and how to use it effectively in our lives and not be speaking against our lives, but be speaking, you know, what we want to see. But also in, in that, like more of my vein of teaching, I believe with all my heart that God's calling his people to grow up. Okay. We have been spiritual babies long enough. Some of us have been in church all of our lives and we're still going over the elementary things. Okay. It's time for the body of Christ to grow up and start being, and by that, I mean, you know, don't, don't get any condemnation, but by that, I mean, becoming more and more Christ-like more and more Christ like that's that's the standard if it's like Jesus or it's not like Jesus and if it's not like Jesus we need to grow up and be like Jesus our elder brother and our king he's coming back for a royal bride he's a king and he's coming back for a bride and that's us and it's not going to be an immature little girl it's going to be a strong mature 
uh, you know, just walking in her royal authority person. And that's us, the body of Christ, male and female. Okay. So I want to share with you a few things about what the Lord's been showing me about money. Since we're fixing to do the offering and y'all know the, the thing, um, I don't know if they have the, the, the graphic up there, but you know, you can text to give, I don't know the number, but somebody does somewhere. Okay. Up there, you can do that, which I haven't tried that yet. I don't know. It just, you have to put your bank account, though, in the phone. Like, you put, did everybody that texts you knows your bank account? No. Okay, I'm sure it's safe. I'm sure it's safe. But anyway, and then there's the, see, I do through the, the computer, okay? TGP.church. You can go press, press give and you can you can set up an account there where you put it in one time. You put your, your credit card, your debit card in one time and then you just put your amount in and you can do your tithe over that. So that's the world we're coming to, you know, electronic giving, okay? But what I want you guys to know this morning is that Proverbs 13.22 says the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And I like it out of the Amplified because it reads like this. The wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. Now, that's a powerful verse. And you need to have that. You need to know that verse. You need to have it somewhere where you see it all the time. Proverbs 13, 22. Because here's the deal. What we have to realize is that this is going to come to pass. And I believe with all my heart, we are stepping into the time and season in the spirit realm where it's going to come to pass. Because think about it. When God made Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve lived in complete abundance, right? They had everything and more than enough than they could ever use. And while there was no monetary system in place at that time, of course, the fact of the matter is that they still had in their possession what equates to our financial wealth because in genesis 2 11 and 12 it says that the river there was a river that surrounded a land called havilah in the garden of eden and it says that there was gold in that place and genesis 2 12 says the gold of that land was good now Think about it. Man fell, they sinned, and eventually all the money in the world pretty much went in the hands of Satan after man fell, right? Okay? Well, there's the, here's the deal. God had already pronounced that gold as being good. And gold is what our monetary system is based upon, okay? So that was monetary wealth there. Gold was in the Garden of Eden, and God said it was good. The Bible says the gold was good. But what we need to realize then is before this thing is over down here, before Jesus comes back for us and wraps it all up down here and all, all heck starts to break loose, what we've got to realize is that this first Proverbs 13, 22 is telling us that God is going to take the money out of the hands of the bad people, the sinner, the wicked. He's going to take it out of their hands and he's going to put it in the hands of good people so that it could be used for good that was his original purpose genesis 2 12 the gold is good 
He wants it in the hands of good people. And like I had shared this at Paige's conference the other day, said if you had a million dollars and you had you gave a million dollars in the hands of Pastor John and a million dollars in the hands of the local drug dealer, whoever that would be. Okay, it's the same amount of money, but this million dollars would be used for good to build the kingdom, to build the church, to do the work of the Lord. And this million dollars would be used for sin, right? Okay, so it's the hands that makes the difference. It's the same amount of money. Now, I was watching this video the other day of Todd White. Y'all know who that is? He's a big guy with big old dreadlocks and is real buff and he's like a evangelist like if you'd see him you'd be kind of scared like whoa but man he is a crazy man for jesus okay and he had this video and he was at this restaurant and they were filming it and this waitress came up to talk to him and she was real sweet and she said it's my first day you know and i'm, I'm a little nervous and she was doing the 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 order and then she left and then the manager came up to the table and said, uh, we had to move her to um, to greet her. She'd messed up that order, and she's in trouble. She messed it all up, and we're moving her. She's going to be the greeter. We're going to send you another waitress. So the second waitress came, and she was kind of like, okay, what do y'all want? Like, she was kind of, you know, sassy and not very friendly and kind of rude. And Todd ministers Jesus to everybody, okay? He's fearless. And so he had started telling her about Jesus, and she was like, yeah, yeah, you want fries with that? You know, I mean, you know, she was real kind of hardened, hardened to that. And so when it, came, when it got over at the end, they were still filming, and Todd pulled out a $100 bill, and he gave it to Miss Sassy Pants, the second waitress, and he said, he said, you know, I want to give you this tip. And she looked at it, and it's like she just broke. And she got tears all in her eyes, and she said, you know, you just don't know how bad I need this. And he said, well, you know, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you, and he paid for all of your sins. And it just, it just, it just broke her, you know. And then she was very more open to him talking to her about Jesus. So then he went to leave, and the first girl who was sad and embarrassed and felt like a loser because she got in trouble because she was trying to be a waitress and the manager yelled at her and put her over at greeter she was standing there at the greeter thing and he pulled out another hundred dollar bill and he said i want you to have this tip it was she starts crying she goes you don't know how bad i need that i needed that waitress job because i needed to make extra money and she she just started crying and he said i want you to know that you are valuable you are not a loser just because you messed up at waitressing does not mean you can't be wonderful at a lot of wonderful things. And Jesus loves you, and he died for you. And as I was watching that as it ended, the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, that's the power of money. That's why I want it put into the hands of good people who will use it. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, People are so hardened emotionally because of the financial pressure that the devil has put on them that it's hard for ministers to get through. It's like they have this crusty shell over them because they're so stressed out about their finances. He said, but money 
in the hands of good put as I lead you to use can break that hardened shell and make people more you know accessible or whatever more acceptable to the gospel and I was like wow that is so powerful Lord so I just want you guys to know that God wants money put in your hands don't think money is the root of all evil because money's not the root of all evil the love of money that wicked people have that just do you know sell their soul for money that the love of money is the root of all evil money in your hands can do a lot of good i'd hate to think of money in the hand a million dollars in the hands of diane robin oh my lord that girl is a giver okay sister anita do you know what she could do with a million bucks right now we wouldn't have a homeless problem in this area amen okay money is good and god wants to transfer it into our hands but here's what i think we got to do i think we've got to show the lord before it starts happening we've got to show him you can trust me you can trust start now before it comes i want to remind you guys you know you're supposed to be tithers as believers and i know that's a touchy subject and people want to you know say it's the law and all this stuff but you know abraham tithed to melchizedek before the law we're supposed to give a portion of our income to the lord and i think as pastors we will be held accountable if we don't tell people that you are supposed to tithe and tithe means 10 percent. but let me say this about that i know if you're like me a lot of times you know there's been t times when it's like you know i've got this many bills and this much money okay so i get if you're like i lord i can't i can't the bills are more than what we bring in let me offer a suggestion to suggestion to you and this is just me this isn't gospel and you may disagree but if you would like to tithe but you just know financially you can't let me just suggest that you talk to the lord and say lord can i just start giving like maybe instead of 10 percent can I can I just give you start with one percent let's say you've got a thousand dollars where a tithe would be a hundred dollars that'd be ten percent can you say Lord could I give you ten dollars every time I get my check and can we start from there and go on you know I believe the Lord will will bless that I believe the Lord will honor that if you know I mean we're we're living in a tough world the economy's everything's expensive you know and so I think if you take your paycheck and you say, okay, I'm going to pull $10 out of my paycheck and I'm going to, every Sunday, I'm going to put it in the bucket or I'm going to do it. Okay. You know, whatever the case may be, the Lord is not, ah, you're not tithing. So I'm going to beat you in the head. He's a good father. Just like your earthly daddy. That is the best daddy. You could say, look, dad, I can't do this, but can I do this? He's going to think that's the sweetest thing ever. Okay. So let's let's start. Let's start with that. But then secondarily, after the tithe, you're supposed to give. If if God's going to transfer money into our hands, which I believe with all my heart he is, then we need to show him we can be vehicles of his finances that he brings, his increase. We can and do that by starting to give now. 
At, when you wake up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, where do you want me to give today? And as you go through your day, where do you want me to give? And it doesn't have to be just money. You can give of your time. You can go see an, an elderly person and bless them. You can give of a keychain, Cindy, that just blesses somebody's socks off, okay? You got a keychain that they love. She did that. That's a giver back there, Cindy, okay? You can give in a lot of ways. It's not just money. But the Lord may, you may see somebody at the store and the Lord may say, give them $10. And it's like, the Lord, I was kind of holding on to that $10. I needed it for gas or whatever, you know. Show the Lord now that you'll be a good steward of the increase and then watch for it to come. Amen? Okay, let's pray over our, our offering. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we come before you and we just bring our finances before your throne. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we apply the blood of Jesus to our financial situations and we break the power of the enemy off of our finances in Jesus' name. Spirit of lack, come out of our finances in Jesus' name. Spirit of debt, come out of our finances in Jesus' name. Lord, I just speak forth supernatural debt cancellation into the lives of your people, Lord. Lord, I release the Spirit of God into our finances, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Dear God, Lord, I just speak forth increase into all of our monthly incomes, dear God. I speak forth increase into our finances. Lord, I release prospering power into the lives of your people in Jesus' name, dear God. Lord, you have billions of new ideas and inventions. Lord, we pull one out of the spirit realm, Lord. And Lord, we just receive new ideas and new creative, witty inventions, things to do to produce wealth in this earth's realm, dear God. Lord, we receive your financial glory on our lives today, dear God. And Lord, as your children, we just come before you and we ask for your help. We are not too proud to ask for your help. Lord, we need your help in this area, dear God. And we know that you are a faithful God and that you have a plan, Lord. And we want to be a part of that plan, dear God. So, Lord, we de decree and we declare that we will give you all the honor and the glory for the financial increase when it comes, dear God. And, Lord, we commit to you now to be faithful stewards of what you give us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. amen. Thank you, okay, you can if come to give into the receptacles. Thank you. 
just the sum of every high, every low. Remind me once again just who I am because I need to say about me amen praise the lord 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to, uh, just for a few moments, um, to share with you a little bit, little bit of a few things that are on my heart. And I'm going to try to start a series called God Encounters. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about characters in the Bible who've had an encounter with God. And, um, and, and encounters with God is very dear to my heart because I had one um, with God. It was an amazing experience. And, and I'm going to share a little bit about that in the rest of the time that we have today. <clears throat> you know, encounters with God change your life. It shifts your paradigm. It makes you understand that life isn't all about busyness. It's truly about worship. And um, when I had my encounter with God, um, uh, I had to do something. It wasn't where some encounters with God that people have, God just kind of shows up and shoves them and bam, you know, they're changed. My encounter was different, you know. My encounter was I, I, I was raised in church. I knew church. I knew how to act right. I knew how to fall just right where, where I wouldn't break my neck. I knew when to jump. I knew when to stand. I knew when to bow. I knew, when, I knew all that. And I looked really holy. Amen. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But I had an encounter with God. And all of that changed my life. And so encountering God is the most powerful thing um, you could ever have. And God is not just a God to be understood but God is a God that you can experience. And I also believe that there are actions that you can take as a believer that will set you on a course to encounter God in your life. And that's what happened to me is that I began to um, want more. I began to hunger and thirst for the Bible says, hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you shall be filled. I, I was beginning to hunger and thirst for um, uh, righteousness. I wanted my life to change. And I want to mention this story in the Bible out of Genesis. It's about Jacob. And he had an encounter with God. And Jacob um, was a twin brother to Esau. And um, their their parents were Isaac and Rebecca, and they were the grandkids of grandsons of Abraham. But in Genesis twenty five and twenty six, it says that Esau was born before Jacob, who came out holding on to his older brother's heel, as if he was trying to pull Esau back into the womb, so that he could be firstborn. The name Jacob means. He grasped the heel, which is Hebrew, a Hebrew idiom, um, which means deceptive behavior. And so Jacob, and it also commentaries say that Jacob and Esau, uh, not just commentaries, but the word of God says that, um, that, 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 that uh, Rebecca would have, um, would have, uh, a wrestling match in her womb. Nations would wrestle in her womb. And so Jacob, Jacob was familiar 
with the term wrestling. He, he knew how to wrestle, and he also knew deceptive behavior. And um, Jacob and Esau were in a power struggle um, throughout their lives. So Jacob was very familiar with wrestling. And, and, and as I, when I was uh, positioning my heart to encounter God, I got to a place where I was wrestling with who I was and who God created me to be. Who I was and who God created me to be. So do you mean, Pastor John, that you were, you were somebody, but you weren't the one who God created? Well, yeah, I, I was playing a role. I was doing everything right, but God was inviting me on a journey to encounter to uh, encounter him more. So if you have your Bible, let's look at Genesis chapter number 32. And this scripture, you know, Jeff didn't know, but this is the scripture has been on my heart the last couple of weeks. And we were having lunch with Apostle uh, Scott Kuhn. Uh, the other day and um and jeff began talking about this passage maybe jeff should have preached this but um uh so i want to i want to i want to share this with you verse we're gonna look at verse 22 it's the latter part of the story genesis 22 uh, 32 verse 22 somebody rose up that same night and took his two wives his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the fort of the jabbat and he took them and sent them across the brook also he sent over all that he had and jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak verse 25 and then the man saw that he did not prevail against jacob he touched the hollow of his thigh and jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him verse 26 and then he said let me go for day is breaking but jacob said i will not let you go unless you declare a blessing upon me and the man asked him, what is your name? And in shock of realization, whispering, he said, Jacob, meaning supplanter, schemer, trickster, swindler. Verse 28, and he said, your name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For you have contended and have power with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob asked him, tell me, I pray you, what is your name? But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And the, angel of the, uh, and the angel of God declared a blessing upon Jacob. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, the face of God, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and my life is spared and not snatched away. And he passed through, the sun rose upon him, and he was limping because of his thigh. And that is why to this day the Israelites not eat the sinew, etc., etc. So here we see Jacob, and he's at a point in his life where he's he's wrestled, he's he's nose wrestling, and he gets to a place, and he um, wrestles with who he's known by and what God wants him to become. People knew him as the schemer, as the trickster. But God wanted him to be Israel. And so, just a few things about, about these scriptures that I found very interesting. <clears throat> In verse 24, it says, And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. 
course, the key word there is wrestle, but I want to I want to mention uh, just a moment about this man. I found in some commentaries um, that theologians have said that this um, would be considered, if I hope I could say this correctly, a Christophany, and it simply would be where God leaves heaven and comes out of heaven and goes down unto earth and is a part of, of, of history. And that history at that moment is Christophany. Um, some, some theologians call it theophany, which should be Old Testament, but most of them call it Christophany when God comes out of heaven and is a part of a history-making moment in the earth. And they say that an example of that would be the Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when the fourth man appeared in the fire they said that was a Christophany because uh, that was God in the fire with them. And so many folks believe that this is what happened to Jacob. That God, that Jacob was literally wrestling God. And Jacob got to a point in the struggle that he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you declare a blessing upon me. And he wrestled it. I got to a point in my journey with God where, um, uh, I, you know, I was tired of church. I, I, uh, I was 18 years old and I've, I experienced God in different services and I felt his presence and it was beautiful and it was wonderful, but I was longing for more and I didn't know how to get more. I just knew that God was inviting me to experience him in a different way, in a real way. And I had to make a choice. And I wrestled God. Remember, I remember laying in my bed at night. And I just graduated high school. I remember laying in my bed at night and saying, God, there has to be more. There has to be more. There, this, this Christian walk is wonderful, but there has to be more. And I remember grabbing, I showed, showed, shared with you guys Sunday, the book, God's Favorite House by Tommy Tenney. And I got to that point where it said on page 31 in the book where it says, what is an open heaven? And on November the 10th, 2001, that's when God said, I'm going to give you the anointing to open heaven. And it was that following Sunday where we had a, 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 uh, a service in our, in our youth room and um, the band was playing and God literally came into that room and hit me so hard that it caused me to go face forward into the floor and I got up 30 40 minutes later I guess it was I don't know and um, the entire room was on their face before the Lord the speaker was on their face the facilitator was on their face the band was on their face and that's when God touched my heart touched my life and I never saw church like I saw church before God began to show me that church was more than just three songs and a poem. It was an open heaven experience where he could literally come down and begin to change lives and begin to, to do things that man can't do. And so I was wrestling with who I was and who God called me to be. And in that moment is when I surrendered to ministry.
And ever since then, we've been going nonstop and, and ministering to him, not just to people, but to him. Because that's your first priority is ministering to the Father. And so, and then the another wrestling match I had was when Bachelor Peggy and I went to Joan Hunter's for an ordination experience. Now, many of you heard Joan say, John went over there, didn't he really want to be ordained? And, and, and that's true. I didn't know what I was doing. I was wrestling with who I was and who God called me to be. And some of you are wrestling with who you are and who God's called you to be. Some of you just need to say, you know what? I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. God came into that meeting where I was 18 years old. And he said, you want more? I'm going to give you more. And the more was so much that I hit the floor. And you know what was cool? When I got up, everyone knew I was changed. I didn't have to go asking for a microphone. I didn't have to go tell somebody this is what happened. People saw John was dead. There was a new expression of God's presence upon my life. Because I decided I'm going to say yes to more. I'm going to say yes to the flow of God. I'm going to say yes to his presence. And and I believe it. From when I was 18 is what birthed this. Jeff and I, you know, we never we we didn't want a church, but we knew back in our minds somewhere someday we'd probably have a church somewhere, and we'll probably do something. People would ask, "Are you going to start a church?" No, I'm just called to be itinerant, in which I am. But what do you? And so we were we were okay with serving, and you know, many of you know Jeff and I have served the Lord, served the house of the Lord. Since we were in middle school, we cleaned the toilets, we've kept people, we've been the usher, we've we've done it all. And we all get to places in our walk with God where we wrestle. And I believe many of you are at that point in your journey that you're wrestling. You know there's more, and you know God has more for you, but you're wrestling and you're frustrated because you're you're in the struggle. And I believe today God's going to bless you. I believe today God is a good God and He wants to bless you. I was going to mention a moment ago when Pastor Peggy and I went to uh, Joan Hunter's and the Tom Ball. Um, it's funny because a year prior to that, I sent Peggy an email and said, hey, we should check this out sometime, maybe go. And then a the year later, she text, she sent me an email, hey, we should do this. And um, But I was wrestling in that season with who I was and what God was requiring of me. See, sometimes God puts you, gets you into seasons where he requires you to say, you know what, I've got to cut these strings and I've got to do this so I can get to my next and and um, and so 
said yes. And then it wasn't, I guess maybe it was a month or so later, Apostle Scott Coon, we were in a meeting in Port Natchez, and Apostle Scott, out of the blue, didn't know who he was, said, hey, God has called you to pastor. Not me, buddy. You got it wrong. And then it wasn't, it wasn't three and a half months later. And God put it in our heart to have church. And here we are. Because we were obedient to the wrestle. And you know, and, and, and sometimes you got to slow down long enough to realize, you know what? All this frustration and all this anxiety that I have is because I'm wrestling. God's trying to put me in a place where I give up control. And, 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 and surrender is a big deal. When I surrendered to ministry that when I was 18 years old, I loved God. God loved me. But there was something that he had to do to get my attention. And when I, when I, I never forget when I was on the floor, guys, I opened my eyes and the facilitator of that, of that service looked at me and I looked at him and we knew something had happened and he crawled, literally crawled over to me because the, the presence of God, the glory of God was so thick in that room. He crawled over to me and he handed me the mic said, here you go. And that's how it all began. And I remember grabbing that mic thinking, what in the world am I going to do? What am I going to say? And that's how I became a presence-driven, spirit-filled, Bible-loving person. But I didn't realize that how important it was that I had to literally wrestle with God. And I literally, and when I when he when he came in and dropped upon me, it was the most powerful, life-altering experiences. And if maybe you're sitting here today and say, Pastor, I've never, ever experienced God in such a dramatic way. And I'm not saying you have to. It's just what happened to me. The ordination experience to Peggy wasn't a dramatic thing. But again, I was wrestling with who I was and who God was calling me to be. And we all do that, Carl, don't we, Carl? Well, you've wrestled with, you've wrestled for your calling. Paul Sonita. And so, Peggy, you've wrestled. And the question I hear is this. When does the wrestling stop? When do you stop wrestling? Can I tell you, you never stop, stop wrestling. Because once God blesses you, Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. What was the ending of that story? It was that Jacob got up and he had a limp. See, you know you win when you walk, when you get up and your walk is changed. Because now the limp reminds you of what you went through to get to where you are.
You see, I believe God is calling this church to a place of encounter. I believe he's calling your life to a place of encounter. I believe he's calling your family to a place of encounter. Where everything in your life changes because of one moment in his presence. Well, you say, well, I'm in his presence all the time. You see, there's a difference between just being in his presence and God coming in all of his power and his glory and shaking your life to the core. My life, and I start off by saying that there's actions that we take. If you want more, God, God has you on the road already, but there are things that you can do to create a place of encounter in your life. With me, it was reading the word and God hand-delivered that, that book by Tommy Tennant in my life. And I got to page 31 and my life began to shake. And in that season of my life, all, the only thing I could, I could remember reading was in Haggai where it says, uh, 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 talk about shaking in Haggai. I can't think of it right now, top of my head. God literally shook me so that I could be a glory carrier. And so God is calling his people to a place of encounter, to a place of surrender, to a place where it may not be easy. And dying to flesh isn't easy. Dying to self isn't easy. But my prayer has been lately, more of you, less of me. More of you, less of me. God, I'll only go where you send me. I'll only preach what you tell me to preach. And if you don't tell me to preach, I'm not going to preach. If you just want me to share, I'll just share. But I think a lot of us have gotten to a place of, 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 of busyness that we've missed opportunities of encounter. And, you know, I'm 37 years old. And um, I'm getting older like all of us. But I think I'm hungrier now than I've ever been. I'm more desperate now than I've ever been. I want him more than I ever have. I want people healed more than I ever have. I want people delivered more than I ever have. I want people that, you know, my heart breaks for people who are so cynical about church and who are so cynical about a move of God. And a lot of times it's because uh, the Bible says that your uh, uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And a lot of people in the body of Christ has had that problem. Where they've been given a lot of hope and a lot of prophetic words and a lot of things have been said. But they've, 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 they've lost 
they've lost their 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 drive because they they've been waiting for so long for the prophetic promises to be fulfilled and now they walk around in a hard shell and when a preacher says hey this will be the best year of your life they shut down because well pastor i've heard that before my year sucks and my heart breaks because god is knocking on the door of their heart and saying if you'll just let me in Let me in. You're saved and you know the scripture, but your heart is hard. Your heart, your heart is hard. In Song of Solomon, chapter two, it talks about. This is my paraphrase. It talks about a, 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 a bride, and she's laying in, in 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 the bed, and she's she's bathed. She's has all these uh, uh, aromas and fragrances. She's put on her body, and she's waiting for the the bride the, the the groom to come and and the groom knocks on the door and she's too lazy to get up and this is where the church is today where the where god our father's knocking on the door but we're too lazy to answer the door and by the time by the time the bride gets up out of the bed the only thing that's left of the groom is the residue of where he was he done skipped out because you took too long to answer the door. You could go and read it. I found that scripture when I was 18 years old. And I read it and I cried so much. Because I don't want to be that guy that's so busy that God can be knocking on the door. And I'm so busy or lazy. In fact, the scripture says, well, I don't want to get up because I'm going to soil my feet. I, I just took a bath. I don't want to. All she had to do was answer the door. Her promise was at the door. And all. And she grabbed the, the handle. And that's all was left was the, is the anointing. And the Bible says that it was dripping off the handle. So what are you wrestling with today? With who you are, who you want to become, who God has you to be. What are you wrestling with? Father, in this moment, I thank you, God. And we are a place of encounter. And that, Father, as we leave today, I just ask you, God, that we begin to examine. Examine our hearts. Show us, God, even in this moment, examine our hearts. Show us, show us Father, where we haven't relinquished control. Show us, Father, where those secret places, God, that we haven't given to you. Show us. Because we desire, and maybe not all of us, but I know I do, God. I desire more. I desire a fresh encounter with you. I don't want to be a cynical person. I want to be someone madly in love 
madly in love with you. That, Father, wherever I go, if someone sees me, they see the glow of the Holy Spirit. Father, make us. Make us. Mold us. Change us. Make our hearts soft. Break us, God. Make us hungry for you like we've never been hungry before. Or make us so desperate for you, Father, that just one moment, I'll, I just need one moment in your presence, God. And Lord, we just ask you, Father, to all of those that are watching and those that are here today, fill every heart. And I hear you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that right now, the Lord has told me that some of you have been operating uh, with old oil, with old oil. And the Lord says he's draining the old oil and he's replacing you with fresh oil this morning. So, Father, we just thank you for fresh oil upon your people, fresh anointing upon your people. Father, make us hungry. Make us thirsty. All we want is you, not a show. Not entertainment. We want you. We want you. We want to fall in love all over again. We want to come back to our first love. We don't want to be lukewarm. We don't want to ride the fence. We want to be all in. And Father, if you choose to use this house to host your glory we'll say yes Father if you choose to use this house to host revival we'll say yes Father if you choose to drop heaven into this house with all your power with all your glory we'll say yes Father, whatever it means, we'll say yes. Father, if you say to do different things, to change our schedules, to change our agendas, we'll say yes. We, Father, if you say whatever you want to do, Father, we're here. We're, we're here, Father, to serve you, not to be served. Father, if you don't ever bless me again, I'm okay with that because I know you love me. And that's a blessing in itself. So, Father, I just want to say I'm desperate for you. I'm hungry for you. There's nothing else in this world that I desire more than you. Nothing else matters. Nothing. These lights go out today and if we never open these doors again father nothing else matters you are what matters to us can you stand with me for a moment God is getting you to a place 
really hope you take this message in, to heart today. I really hope you do because I believe God wants to really wants to settle some things in your life. I believe there's been a struggle the last six to eight months with some of you who you know you're called but you're struggling with the fact that why would you want to use me? I'm not good enough. I'm not married. I'm not pretty enough. I've got skeletons in my closet. Who cares? God wants to use you just like who you are. Just you. And so, Father, as a church, we're not going to let go until you bless us. We're not going to let go until you shake us. Until your glory fills not just a uh, uh, not just a trickle but a flow a flow come on if you're comfortable I want to invite you just to lift your hands across this room I just really feel the, the precious Holy Spirit is here right now you can have a personal encounter right now right where you are come on Holy Spirit Holy Spirit Holy Spirit come 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 Holy Spirit we invite you we invite you thank you Father thank you Jesus Lord for you I'm hungry for you I need your touch and I seek your face I really need your presence well, if you want to join me up here come on I'm hungry for you I'm hungry for you I need your touch I see your face I need your
church, if you want to come forward, I want to invite you to at this time. Um, maybe you need to spend some time with the Lord. You can do that. If not, then I love you. And we'll see you here Wednesday. But some of you need to stay up here and hang out a while. Love you. struggled with whether I wanted to do this this morning, but I think the spirit is right this morning. I'd like the men to come forward, please. Stand over here, John. I'd like the men to come forward and make a circle around around John. Something that we need to do. I, my heart is really for men's ministry and for the men, men of TGP. I pray for all of y'all a lot. I pray for Jeff and John a lot. But God has shown me something years ago. Now as we stand here, we talk about standing in the gap for John. And I believe we do that. But what he showed me is, is that when we stand facing him, we're praying over him, but we're not praying against the world. So everyone turn their back to him. Turn around. Now, what the word says is, is that a three-card rope cannot be broken. It also talks about standing in the gap. Well, what we need to do in standing in the gap, we shouldn't be praying in the past. We need to pray in the future. Our prayers need to go out from John. The morning that he texted me, that he had signed his severance papers the Lord immediately took me to Revelation 3 where he talks about opening doors there are going to be doors that there's already doors open that John is starting through and all of us go with him because he's our pastor every time he goes someplace he takes us with him and we're going to benefit from what John does just because he's our pastor because we support him but we have to stand in the gap because the devil is very angry right now because God is starting to open doors. He's going to use John more and more. And the Lord ministers to me different than a lot of people. But there's a scene in a Western where a rancher tells Wyatt Earp that Doc Holliday can stay at his ranch until he gets better. And if anybody tries to come against him, they're going to have to come over that rancher and all of his men. I don't pray to Satan, but I speak to him out loud, and that's the notice I'm giving him this morning. Satan, you cannot overcome John because you've got to come over the top of us to do that and look at the men that are standing here you haven't got that much power father god i thank you that 
no prayer ever goes on deaf ears. You hear everything we ask. And I thank you that you allow us to stand in the gap for John, that we, you allow us to go with him in spirit every place he goes. I'm glad that you're going to be opening doors that not even any of us can imagine right now. I thank you for the protection you give. I thank you for the blessings that each and every one of us are going to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. You know what I think? If you guys look at me, if you have to leave, I understand. I want to pray for the men. And, um, you know, we have... We have great. These we have a great group of guys. Um, others that aren't here, Aaron, uh, brother Scott. Um, but I think you know, it's it's important nowadays to have strong men, and uh, all of our men at TGP are very strong, and that's what I love about these guys. And so, Father, I just thank you. That each one of these guys, Father, have all gone through different trials and tribulations. But, Father, didn't define them. They're defined by you. And I thank you, God, that there is a special anointing being deposited upon each one right now. To see and to hear. We thank you, Lord. These aren't your typical everyday men. But they're extraordinary. And we thank you, Father, that their prayers reach heaven. We thank you, Lord, that the anointing upon them, upon each one, is different, but it's uh, needed, and that not one person is excluded. But, Father, we're all accepted in the family. We thank you, Father, for just a fresh anointing upon each man in our church in our body we thank you father for a fresh anointing to lead their families lead their grandkids we thank you lord that people will see them differently that the glow of the holy spirit will be upon them and all that they do we thank you for supernatural favor upon each one in jesus name amen amen i love you feel the presence of the Lord here today and um, I want to encourage you you know like I said you're dismissed if you want to stay here you can and um, let's have a great lunch great day